This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. When it comes to advancements in science, education is key. Each generation learns from those who came before them, studying their experiments and findings. Students then apply what they've learned to keep things moving forward. Often, children get their first taste of scientific exploration at home. They might receive a microscope for Christmas or a chemistry set on their birthday, mixing baking soda and vinegar to produce volcanic explosions in their kitchens. But one scientist's discovery led to a new kind of educational toy— One that was far more dangerous than anyone realized. His name was William Crookes, born in England in 1832. William came from a big family, the oldest of eight surviving siblings out of a total of 16. Though his father and grandfather had been tailors, William set out on his own path. He enrolled at the Royal College of Chemistry when he was just 16, paying his own way while living at home. He was also responsible for buying his own materials, including the chemicals used in his academic experiments. But his hard work paid off, and he earned a scholarship for his sophomore year. William worked his way up, assisting the school's director, August Wilhelm von Hoffmann, in the lab and with his research. As he got older and gained more experience, William also made connections with scientists from other fields. Michael Faraday, for example, experimented with electromagnetism and electrochemistry. The physicist George Stokes studied fluid dynamics and how light traveled. It's likely that both men influenced William heavily as he pursued his true passion, optical physics. Now, optical physics dealt with the study of light and how it interacted with matter. William's father noticed this fascination with optics when the boy was just 19 and built him a lab right in the family garden. Over the next several decades, William utilized several new testing methods— including spectral analysis, to track how matter reacted to electromagnetic radiation. And in 1861, his techniques helped him discover a brand new element for the periodic table, thallium. William wrote papers, he developed new tools, and published numerous findings over the course of his life. In 1898, though, everything changed. Marie Curie and her husband Pierre discovered radium, and news of the breakthrough traveled around the world. Naturally, journalists sought out experts for their opinions on the finding, and one of those experts happened to be William Crookes. By 1903, he had already started experimenting with radium on his own. He had taken a screen treated with zinc sulfide and placed it close to a small amount of radium, observing as the element's alpha radiation caused a fluorescent reaction. Unfortunately, during his tests, 
he spilled some of the radium over his workplace. Not wanting to lose a single grain of the expensive substance, he employed his microscope to help him find it all. He noticed during his search that some of the radium had wound up on the zinc sulfide screen, which caused tiny flashes of light to explode before his eyes. William realized that he needed a way to safely examine these flashes, so he created a device to contain the reaction. It was a metal tube with a smaller zinc sulfide screen inside. A needle held a tiny grain of radium at its tip, close to the screen, the proximity of which could be adjusted thanks to a thumbscrew. The reactions inside were viewed through a lens, which helped to seal the radioactive material inside the tube. He called it a spintheroscope, from the Greek spintherovolia, meaning scintillation. William died in 1919, but the popularity of his spintheroscope continued to grow. It proved so popular, in fact, that it became a hot toy for kids growing up in the 1940s and 50s. The Gilbert U-238 Atomic Energy Kit contained everything the budding nuclear physicist needed to smash the atom, all from the comforts of their bedroom. The kit even included a small amount of radioactive uranium ore. Yes, William Crookes might have given us thallium and the cathode ray tube, but his legacy, however indirectly, exposed children to something a bit more dangerous. Nuclear-powered toys. This episode is sponsored by Intuit. Here's a story for you. Once upon a time, a young woman was haunted by the ghosts of bad financial decisions, with credit card debt and an empty savings account looming over her every day. But when she tried to ignore these ghosts, they only grew bigger and scarier. And these ghosts of her bad financial decisions were stopping her from living her best life. So she decided to face them head on and take control of her finances with help from Intuit. Intuit helps you face your financial fears with confidence through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. 
your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Conflict resolution is an important part of any relationship. Being able to work through our differences means we can form stronger bonds and collaborate more closely. It may take something as simple as a conversation, or as elaborate as multiple discussions in a conference room with the help of a mediator. Old sitcoms occasionally had episodes where two characters who disliked each other would suddenly find themselves locked in a room or a closet together. Forced to work until help arrived, they would talk through their issues until, by the end of the episode, they came to a mutual understanding. But that was fiction. Real problems take real solutions. And sometimes the worst thing to do is lock people in a room and hope for the best. For over a millennia, though, the residents of Glencoe, Scotland, did just that. Well, sort of. They understood that it was beneficial to squash any conflict between two parties. They also knew that life in the village would be tough if people were getting into fights all the time. So they came up with their own way to bring about peace. And it didn't require a conference room at all. Glencoe was no stranger to conflict. On February 13th of 1692, soldiers from the Scottish government killed 30 members of Clan MacDonald, who had refused to align themselves with William III and Mary II, the country's new king and queen. But even though the monarchy was violently forcing the stubborn clans into loyalty, the chiefs of those clans found a more civilized way of dealing with their differences. In fact, they had already figured out how to keep the peace without using violence at all. One way was by imposing fines on the chiefs for infractions committed by their clansmen. If the two parties were having a significant disagreement, though, the kind that couldn't be peacefully resolved or quickly resolved, there was a place they could go to hash things out. It was called the Island of Discussion. Located in Loch Leven, the tiny island of discussion was one of seven islands in the area. The people of Glencoe marooned the arguing parties there with a bundle of cheese, oatcakes, and whiskey until they had worked out their problems. They were not allowed to leave until they were done. And they did this for over 1,500 years. No matter how heated things got, it seems like almost everyone was able to come to some kind of understanding. In fact, in all the time the island was used for conflict resolution, only one murder was said to have taken place. But Loch Levin was home to more than just one island— the others were also used to varying degrees. For example, once a land dispute was solved on the island of discussion, those involved were whisked away to a different island where the paperwork was drafted to validate the agreement between both individuals. Hence its name, the Isle of Covenant or Ratification. 
Yet another island in Loch Leven was used as the final resting place for many of Glencoe's clans for hundreds of years. And like the Island of Discussion and the Isle of Covenant or Ratification, this one was an island of peace. Not just for the dead, but for the living as well. Even if they were in conflict, clans would still share the work of keeping the place clean and maintained. And even when someone left Glencoe or the surrounding area, their final request was often to be returned and buried on that island. The last person to do so died in 1972, having moved to London years before. Glencoe's clans have no shortage of ways to keep the peace. But it's hard to beat a good old-fashioned timeout, even more so when that involved an entire island for them to sort out their problems. Plus the cheese and whiskey. And I'm sure some parents out there would love to do the same. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.